welcome to Reimagining Schools, a podcast from the Edupreneur Academy. Today, I'm talking with Kelly Smith, an edupreneur in Arizona, who's going to tell us a little bit about his school model called Prenda that's helping us to change our thinking about the way schools work. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? You bet, Erin. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Of course. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear about your school model and what you've been doing. So I would love to just start with that. If you could tell us a little bit about Prenda and what you've been doing and how you got started in the educational entrepreneurship world. You bet. Prenda helps people run micro schools. The way we define that is five to 10 students in an informal space. So this tends to be a home or a a dance studio or a community center, um, a small group. They don't have to be uh, the same age. They tend to be kind of grouped loosely in age and Prenda supports K through eight uh, today. So that little group meeting together every day, doing their core academics. We use, we have a a learning model that's very driven around the student and empowering them as a learner themselves. So that will be, you know, personalized blended learning for mastery. There's uh, collaborative inquiry-led activities where kids are learning together as as a group and communicating uh, face-to-face, and then project-based learning where they get to be creative and and tinkerers and engineers and and solve problems. Uh, And all of this running with a a learning guide. So this is an adult who knows these kids very well and plays a a coach, mentor, facilitator role uh, for the, the model to work. Okay, great. So the, 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 the guide doesn't necessarily have to be a formal education teacher. They can be, what are the requirements to become a guide? Yeah. So the, the requirement really is, is great at people, great at kids. So being there as a, a connector for this learning guide. Now, as we all know, um, the heart of this, the individual one-on-one connection and motivating a young person through this messy ordeal of becoming a learner uh, is a really hard job. And, and a lot of uh, people in kind of formal education roles do this well, we're really trying to select for that. And then say, uh, in addition to that, the science piece of it, the, the academics, the pedagogy, the content uh, we've assembled uh, around that person. So think of this as you know a, a remote school in the sense of, look, we're able to help kids access the things that they need to learn. We can monitor their data and intervene as, as needed. And we do uh, you know, all the way through to special education and, uh, and do this in partnership with, with schools. But all of that, in addition to now the learning guide playing that role one-on-one in person to be there as that, um, you know, that connection, that adult that sees me, knows me, cares about me and can help me through, through this difficult journey of, of learning. Yeah. And that's, that's the important piece, right. Is to have that human connection and someone that can walk you through. And I know a lot of parents really struggled with that over the last year and a half with the pandemic and, you know, keeping their kids at home, but trying to figure out how they could navigate through, through that challenging time. And, and some things about that were probably, um, I think parents found that maybe were better for their kid and other things were big struggles and challenges. One being that parents obviously that work can't necessarily stay home, but maybe there is somebody like a guide that, that is willing to do this and take on a group of students and help them kind of navigate the curriculum. Would you go back just a little bit and talk about how you came up with the curriculum and how you got started in all of this? Where, where did you come from before Brenda sure. started? So my degree in school was in plasma physics. I was trying to make <laughs> nuclear fusion work. I left that and I did a career in energy technology, uh, clean tech, trying to help 
industrial plants and commercial buildings use energy more intelligently, but that led me into software and technology. Uh, so a lot of my background was, was in the kind of tech world. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial and I had sold a, a very small software business uh, back in 2013 and moved back to my hometown of Mesa, Arizona. So this was uh, the moment when I had some extra time. My oldest son was eight years old and I decided that it might be fun for him to learn computer programming. Um, so I didn't mean to get into education. It was kind of by accident, but started with the two of us. And instead of doing it at home, uh, we did it at the public library. So I put up mm -hmm. posters around the neighborhood of the library and said, come down for free and learn how to make a video game. And kids came and, and it turned into this just amazing volunteer activity for me. I didn't mean for it to be anything more than just a fun thing I would do as an after-school program once a week. Uh, but mm -hmm. in that in that after-school program, I got to see firsthand what happens when a, a child decides they want to learn something and the power of that. I mean, everyone listening, you, got, you, you that have seen this before, you know what I'm talking about. There's just this fire in their eyes, this passion, mm -hmm. this dedication. It's so different than sort of fulfilling an obligation that someone else gave you or jumping through a box or, or any of those things. It's it's really, uh, I, the only way I can describe it is just a powerful experience when, when learning's really happening and it's, it's coming from a place of uh, a human being deciding that they want to learn. And I saw that firsthand. I got to see that for my own children, for my friend's kids. I, I personally worked with like thousands of kids at the public mm -hmm. library over a period of several years as a volunteer. And so that led me then to this question of, well, what if school was like this, right? What if we optimized for that? And what would that look like? And what would that take? And so I started doing all the research. Um, I started a micro school in my house in January of 2018. So this is okay. now, you know, almost, almost four years ago. And uh, one of my own children in that micro school, again, it's around my kitchen table. There were seven kids and me. Uh, and we did, you know, really these pieces that we had been piloting in, in the after school coding program. But by this point, I realized that Actually, none of those were my idea. Um, and, and there's terms for these things that exist in the academic literature around education. Uh, many of these ideas are well-documented to engage and, and inspire and help kids learn uh, things like project-based learning, but they're not widely accepted or implemented. A lot of the reason for that is structural. It's hard to really build that into a system that already exists. So for me, it was, um, it was really a question of what format would allow for these types of learning modalities that I think uh, great educators are already trying to do and wanting to do? How can we build that in, in a way that uh, really is accessible and, and can work for lots and lots of people? Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And so the original micro school that you started just at your kitchen table, was that just a purely like private model? You just had kind of students that you knew and how did so, you structure that? Yeah, great question. Growing up in the suburbs, in the middle-class suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona, I literally didn't know anybody in my life uh, that paid for school. That just wasn't, right. it wasn't in my world. Like my family definitely didn't. I went to the public school down the street. The kids that I was working with in this micro school, you know, they were all going to very, a variety of public or charter schools for free. Um, so one of the kind of design criteria for me from the beginning was that this is accessible to everybody, that this is mm -hmm. free, uh, parents don't have to pay for it to be able to access the program. And so what that meant was finding partners. And, and I mm -hmm. went, and contacted my friends at 
the local school district and I talked to new friends at a variety of charter schools and I found a school that would partner with me uh, through their virtual school program. So these kids were actually enrolled as virtual learners. They were um, you know, able to be funded that way. And that meant that there's additional supports and resources available to them as well. And we worked together on that initial pilot semester and we've since added many more um, you know, schools that, that are looking to expand the portfolio of options that they offer to families. Uh, micro schools are a great part of a portfolio approach and we have happily been a provider for those schools that want to offer micro schools. That's great, yeah. And I think that you really solved one of the problems that a lot of people think about in terms of just access. Like how do we find you know, ways for all students to access so that we don't end up just creating a model for schools that only some people have access to, which you know has largely been kind of what's happened. Even in the public school, we know there's issues with just the way the districts are structured and equality for all students. So. Right. It's definitely something that as my public education background, I think about and want to continue to find solutions for in the future. So I'm glad that you thought about it that way. So is that is that how you've continued that connection with Prenda? Do you guys still have a connection with the curriculum through another online curriculum yeah. provider? We okay. work with a variety of, of schools in a variety of states. I mean, we're all we're in, in many places. I would love to be able to tell your listeners and, and your viewers right now, like, any, anywhere in the United States, we can work together. The reason we can't do that is because our model working in partnership with schools means state by state, we need to go in, understand the regulatory landscape of how education works. As you know, in, in America, that's state by state. It varies quite a lot. And then right. you have to go within that state. We understand the regulatory. Now we find the right partners and we work together to, um, to approach families and communities together uh, with those partner schools. So it's a little bit slower of a process. We would love to be able to just immediately open the door and serve all kids, um, but we're working on that. And, and yeah, that's, that's still the model today is it started out with just that one partner school in Yuma, Arizona, but uh, mm -hmm. that has, has grown um, really all over the country today. That's fantastic. And I think that's such a big opportunity for people that are interested as a guide because basically you're a partner coming alongside them, helping them to navigate what they would be navigating on their own to find these partnerships and figure out how to find curriculum or purchase curriculum. Yeah. So the fact that you're able to do that, and also that's happening more and more in all the states. So even though I know you mentioned that some states are more of a challenge than others, I really feel like that gap is kind of closing. We're starting to see more options in states available um, that I think are probably willing to, to partner, like you mentioned, so that's great. Absolutely. So thinking about just kind of from your entrepreneurial um, background and how you how you got started, what were some of the kind of early challenges that you faced in, in getting this off the ground and getting it started? Oh, there's no there's no challenges in entrepreneurship. That <laughs> never happens, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, really, at every step of the way, there's a question, right? I think the mm -hmm. initial question was, um, you know, when I was doing the after school coding program, the question was, like, can you get kids to care about, about learning, right? Is, mm -hmm. I think there are probably people listening to this skeptically saying, you know, I've had a 20 year, 30 year career in education and I can tell you definitively, kids don't want to learn. So you have to force them to, you know? And, and that is a, a viewpoint I think a lot of people have. I feel like I was able to, by sort of structuring the environment and the culture really deliberately, I think we've got that, um, that answer it's not true for a hundred percent of kids. And, and we do have cases where they'll kind of come and um, expect to sort of be 
sort of pushed through a, an assembly line of some sort. Those kids mm-hmm. don't uh, don't work well, but many of them kind of come with without any expectation. They're sort of like, what is this? And they think that you're going to, you know, do school to them um, and to help them <laughs> change their mind about it and reprogram a little bit about what it even means to be a learner and to mm-hmm. engage. We've seen that happen over and over again with kids from all different communities. So to be able to sort of solve that one was was one of the questions. And I felt like even through our after school program, we we were able to see that that could work. And so then the next question is, okay, well, will any parents actually pull their kid out of school and join a micro school like this? Yeah. I was shocked with, with that as how easy it was um, for parents to say yes to this. And many of them are just desperately searching. They're thinking, you know, maybe I could homeschool, but homeschooling takes a lot of work. And mm-hmm. what if I do it wrong? And what if my kid, you know, wants to be around other kids? Um, you know, some of them are, are going so far. And I think some of your listeners like going so far as to say, I'm just going to start a school. I met people mm-hmm. like that that said, I'm going to go on and create my own version of, of private school or charter school. But there's a huge, you know, lift to that. There's a lot of business, you know, groundwork that has to be laid and everything from a facility to, a, you know, all the insurance to the curriculum, to, you know, getting your staff in place. So uh, for many people, that's too high of a hurdle. And and what we've really tried to do is um, take that down and say, look, if you love kids and you can you can successfully connect with them and engage with them, um, find ten in your community and be a micro school wherever you can wherever you can do it, assuming it's it's safe and you're safe. And we do have very strict you know safety protocols on this, but assuming those things are in place, you can play a huge role like immediately, like next semester, you know, right right mm-hmm. away you can get started and, and have an impact in the lives of real human beings that will, you know, compound and, and pay in, you know, just impact and, and influence over decades. You know, it's just so exciting. Education to me is the best thing ever because I believe so strongly in human beings. Yeah, yeah. And that's such a great model. And you're right, because there are, you know, entrepreneurs that are certainly capable of starting from the ground and building. And, and then there are those that just, you may, may want a little bit of a structure to start with. And so the fact that you provide that plus, you know, it really helps you to be able to scale, to have something that you can scale um, and it's replicable across the country. So that's, that's a really great way to look at it. Is there anything that you can think of that you wish you would have known or information that you felt like would have been helpful for you to have in the beginning that you kind of just had to do the hard work yourself to figure it out? The, I mean, I can't, I, I can't with the straight face, like really blame anybody here because I did a series of uh, very random, awkward phone calls, like from the very beginning of having this idea. Right. And I thought, okay, micro schools, they could work this way. And I started calling people. Some of them I had some connection to, but very quickly I ran out of my personal connections and it was, um, this was just random people that are operating, uh, you know, things that I looked at as successful in the education entrepreneurship space. Um, and I just would tell them the idea and then they would give me their honest feedback. Um, they talked about operational complexity. They talked about regulatory requirements and some of the things that the government's gonna wanna see. They talked about you know political potential political opposition to change in education. Not everybody is actively excited about um, you know, introducing new approaches. So they, they pointed these things out. Um, and I just, for whatever reason, I think I was so excited about the idea that it's hard for me to hear them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like on the one hand, should I have taken more seriously? If I had, I, I probably wouldn't have done it, you know? And so 
I think there's a level of crazy that's built into all <laughs> entrepreneurs um, that just has to be there. Uh, I was grateful for their input and advice. And at the same time, um, you know, I'm glad I, I took it on and I did learn the hard way that they were right, you know, that there are very real kind of challenges to, to building something like Prenda. But um, when I get to go out and visit the micro schools and, and meet these kids and hear their stories and see what happens when they go from, I hate school, I'm disengaged, I'm a B student or whatever to like, I'm learning and I want to be this for my job. And I'm already spending like tons of hours every day, like developing this skill and learning everything I can about this thing. You see that happen. And it's like, well, we have to do it. You know, we have to do it for the, for those kids. So that's, that's why, you know, I'm kind of glad I didn't, um, I didn't allow anybody to talk me out of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, what you said there too, is that you just weren't afraid to take the first step to make those awkward phone calls, right? You had the courage to pick up the phone. And even though you didn't know maybe all of the language the you know, the educational pedagogy and language behind it, you, you were, you know, asking the questions and even if they weren't the right ones, they were going to eventually lead you to the, to the answers that you needed. So I think that's an important thing because it's easy to get caught up on the hurdles and uh, the challenges that you face, but from most entrepreneurs that are successful, we hear the same thing, right? You just didn't give up. We kept trying. We kept finding a different way to, to figure out a solution for the problem and just take them one at a time. <laughs> Do you want a funny story about this? Absolutely, they, yes. The Code Club was doing, um, we were using online tutorials. So kids were going on and learning HTML or JavaScript, some computer programming language, and they would work at their own pace through these tutorials. So they're really like, it's personalized because every kid is on a different thing and they're working, you know, mastering one thing and then move to the next concept. This is all happening on different computers. But I realized early on that it was really important for it to happen together, right? Like those same kids could have done those same lessons at home, but they wouldn't have done it because there's this energy and this enthusiasm and this belonging to a, a mm-hmm. tribe and a group that was really important. Um, so I, I got excited about this and I started calling it hybrid learning. I was like, it's a hybrid because there's a computer and, uh, other humans in the room. And I was Uh like, starting to like use that phrase. And finally somebody was probably like Michael Horn or one of the like experts of blended learning. They were like, that's called blended learning. And there's like a whole body of research about this. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, blended learning. Like, yeah, let's go with that. So I like stopped calling and then later hybrid learning became something completely different, but yeah, school. anyway, it was just funny. Like I, I like knew the concept, but I didn't have any of the foundational background. And so to learn that from one of these like awkward phone calls, um, and then to become friends with the, the people who are the world experts in blended learning and to have them like give me tips and pointers on how to do that better. Just fascinating. The generosity of the communities so great if you ask the, the questions like people will be there to pick you up and help you and including me so if anybody's listening and they're like i sure would love to ask him this like call me i like email me i'm, I'm super happy to engage and i just i love helping people that are uh trying to you know get something done and, and make a difference for kids yeah that's great and definitely i want to make sure we get your information out there at the end of the podcast and i'll put it in the notes too so it'll be there um and just thinking of this in two different ways, because I want to make sure that if someone's interested in learning how to be a guide, that they can contact you and find out more. Or you can give them information about your website where I know there's more information there. Um, but then just thinking about entrepreneurs in general, is there any advice that you would give to an entrepreneur about getting started that you can think of that would have been helpful for you to have heard? 
Yeah, I mean, I did this. And so I would, it's, it's one of these like, do what I did, which feels weird to say, but um, I think a lot of people that I met along the way um, spend a lot of time planning and thinking. And I think this is maybe particularly education people are susceptible to this. It has to be this, it has to be that. All these narratives and documents and spreadsheets. And I believe in planning and thinking it through, but also um, I, I think as, as Michael Jackson, no, <laughs> Jackson, it's Mike Tyson, the boxer. He <laughs> says, um, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And um, and the, the reality of this is uh, the real learning is going to start when you do your very first like pop-up or just take that action, like put it together. It's not going to feel great. You're not going to feel ready. Do it anyway. You'll learn so much and you'll meet people and have these connections. Um, so I was grateful that I didn't sort of sit on it for very long. Like definitely got to a point where was like, oh, I think there's something here. And the next semester, I, you know, I had kids in my house doing a micro school and I would say, do the same thing, like get it going uh, right away. Yeah. You'll learn so much in the process. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And definitely you can start small and, and you never know where it can go from there. And that leads perfectly into the next question, which is just thinking about where you guys are going in the future. What, what grade levels do you have available now? And what are you thinking for the future? Yeah, K through eight, we're actually not in a hurry to expand to high school um, for a variety of reasons. So for us, it's about those states, one state after another, uh, opening up new doors. So if you know people, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, this would be great in my state, uh, we just need to meet the most forward thinking educators that you know. So whether that's at a school district or a charter school or a state you know, education agency or something like that, um, finding the right allies and friends in a, in a particular place uh, has been really critical for us. And so our partnership model, yeah, that, that's, that's our plan is just continue to expand partnerships. Obviously we are spending a lot of time and energy just continuously refining the educational model, the learning experience, like how everything fits together. Um, and so we're working on that as well. And, and as we're able to do this for more and more kids, uh, you know, we hope to be able to, you know, just continue to be part of empowering learners that like one of the most exciting works that I've ever seen in my life. So it's something that I'm grateful to just every day, wake up, and be able to participate in this. Yeah, that's fantastic. And are you, do you have a partner in Oklahoma right now? Because if not, definitely going to have to help you out with that. <laughs> we have a few <laughs> uh, conversations going, but nobody official okay. so would love your help. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to help you, you know, continue that and see what we can find to connect there. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to just share real quick, maybe your website or any other way that you would like for people to reach out and be able yep. to get a hold of you. Prenda.com, check that out. And, um, and you can learn about the model. There's a big button that says become a guide. So if you want to start a micro school in your community, uh, we try to make it as easy as we can for you. And uh, please click that and, and engage with us. We'll, um, we'll reach out and it will be, um, yeah, something we'd, we'd love to help you with. Perfect. And if they have a specific question for you, can, is there a way for them to contact you on the website as well? Yeah. Uh, my, sure. my personal email, Kelly at Prenda.com. So you can, okay. you can email me and I, I will do my best to respond. Perfect. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well. So it'll be there. Is Great. there anything else that you'd want to share about your school or to entrepreneurs in general that you can yeah. think of as we kind of close out? Just a genuine thank you for doing this work. I mean, I've, I've met people in lots of different fields and I've had lots of experiences, but there's something special about people who care about education and care about these kids. And um, just, it's an honor to like work alongside you and be part of something uh, that's much bigger than ourselves that can really transcend generations and, and do good for the world. So thank you.
So true. I'm excited for the future of education. I think there's some great solutions out there. But thank you for your time, Kelly. I really appreciate it. You bet.